Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. How many more volcanoes need to erupt for the world to start taking note? As believers in Jesus Christ, we know that God's Word is filled with prophecies that speak of this very thing happening. And when does it say that this will happen? Increased cataclysmic events will begin to occur just before the return of Jesus Christ. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's prophecy update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly prophecy update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's prophecy update as shared on June 10th, 2018. Revelation chapter 8. I'll read verses 8 and 9. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. That's a volcano. A great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Again, This is during the seven-year tribulation. Aren't you glad if you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it, that you're not going to be here for this? A number of weeks ago, I did an urgent prophecy update and referred to this documentary titled The Coming Convergence. You can actually watch it on Amazon Prime Three of my fellow Calvary Chapel pastors, who I'm privileged to know are in it, uh, Jack Hibbs, who, by the way, is going to be here, uh, and he's going to be speaking on Sunday, August 19th for both uh, services. Jack's a good friend of mine, and uh, I asked him if he would uh, come and speak while he's here for our pastor's conference, and he uh, accepted. So really looking forward to that. Also, Ray Bentley is in it, and Tom Hughes. I really want to encourage you to watch this outstanding quality production. It's really well done, and it really ties everything together, hence the title, how everything is converging and everything is coming together exactly as we were told it would in Scripture. The reason I'm recommending it again today is because they talk about these prophecies concerning great earthquakes and volcanism or volcanoes. The statistics are mind-boggling. I actually went back and uh, kept reviewing it a couple of times, but they talk about just the number of volcanoes 
of which it's estimated that 90% of them are underwater. And most of them have never actually been discovered. There's one that they have discovered, and they're very concerned about it. It's known as Tamu Masif, and it's in the Pacific Ocean. And get this, it's believed to be the size of the state of New Mexico. (laughs) That's a big one. (laughs) If that thing blows, oh my. So I went to the USGS website and learned that there are about 1,500 potentially active volcanoes worldwide. And that's aside from the continuous belt of volcanoes that are on the ocean floor. That's, in other words, in addition to. About 500 of these volcanoes have erupted in historical time. Many of these are located along the Pacific Rim in what's known as, and we're aware of this, (laughs) the Ring of Fire. In the United States, volcanoes in the Cascade Range and Alaska are also part of the ring, while Hawaiian volcanoes form over a hotspot near the center of the ring. What's that saying when I, when we first moved here, my wife and I, my wife's a Kailua girl born and raised, right? So she taught me a few things and kind of apprised me of what to expect when uh, we moved to uh, Hawaii. And she said, there's a saying that goes like this, lucky you live Hawaii. Right? That's how it goes. I don't, I don't know if, uh, <laughs> if I'm quite feeling it here on this one. But anyway, <laughs> the USGS goes on to say there are 169 potentially active volcanoes in the United States. What really has the experts concerned is the increase of earthquakes magnitude 6.3 and greater, which is evidenced by this chart using the USGS recorded data. Uh, let me uh, say parenthetically that this is not the USGS. In fact, for many years I have um, been asked why it is that the USGS says there's no increase in earthquakes. So this is what I love about this documentary. So they took the USGS, their own statistics, and went back and compiled them. It took them several months to do it. And they came up with this chart that you see on the screen. It is indisputable that earthquakes, great earthquakes... This is just 6.3 and greater. And you can see from 1920 to uh, 2000, and you see the increase of those magnitude 6.3 and greater earthquakes, exactly as Jesus said in Matthew 24. I think I'm probably going to believe Jesus over the USGS. So here's the thing. It's believed that it's just a matter of time before earthquakes will trigger these volcanic eruptions, and vice versa, by the way. 
And here's the greater concern. And they're actually, though trying to calm fears, and I'm certainly not trying to promote fear here, but they are talking about Kilauea and how it could potentially slide into the ocean. And if like described in Revelation where the mountain goes into the sea and they have computer models, you can see them online, it would create an unprecedented tsunami like never seen before, which by the way would explain this description that John has in Revelation about how the islands are no more. How the islands and the mountains, the volcanoes, have been now cast into the sea. And then uh, a, a third of the sea life and all of the vessels that are on the uh, sea at this time, that would certainly explain that as well. I, was, I forget who I was talking to about this, but um, I, I was asking, so how, what do what some of the computer, by the way, but please, no, I'm not trying to be uh, sensational here or provocative. I'm only uh, trying to explain what I see as a plausible scenario based on what we're told is going to happen during the seven-year tribulation. And how that we may be, in fact, seeing it begin to happen even now. So uh, I was talking with somebody, and they were saying to me that was telling me that we're talking about a uh, a wave of something like over a thousand feet, a thousand feet. That that'll take care of an island pretty quickly. And again, Revelation eight eight describes something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. So here's this volcano that goes into the sea and the landslide underneath pushing those plates and creating this unbelievable tsunami. Just this morning, Newsweek published a report about how Kilauea is, they use interesting words here, It's continuing to plague the island 40 days, that's an interesting number, after the initial eruption. Let me just quote briefly from the report. The historic eruption, which began on May 3rd, has so far destroyed 600 homes, sent 2,500 residents into evacuation and released enough burning hot magma to cover, get this, all of Manhattan in 6.5 feet of lava, according to the USGS. I'm talking about 600 families. Don't forget the farmers. Don't forget the ranchers. Don't forget all the employees for them. Hawaii County Mayor Harry Kim said of the destruction on Thursday. The lava that continues to rain from Kilauea has reached a new high temperature of 2,140 degrees Fahrenheit. 
This is the hottest lava we've seen during this eruption, said Wendy Stovall, a scientist with USGS on Hawaii News Now. Lava can't get hotter than where we are. This is a serious situation that affects the entire exposed population. For now, the volcano shows, and this is why they're concerned, no signs of slowing its eruption. Since early May, there have been more than 500 earthquakes. Lava has covered nearly eight miles of land, and lava flow half a mile wide has made entry to the ocean. When lava interacts with seawater, it forms a toxic mix of acid fumes, glass, and steam that can be dangerous to boaters and nearby residents. Kilauea is now the most devastating volcanic eruption on U.S. soil since the 1980 Mount St. Helens eruption in Washington State. I was there. 1980 in Tico, Washington. A senior in high school about to graduate and at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in a sunny day, it was black like sackcloth. You couldn't see the stars. Nothing. It was eerie. It was dark in the middle of the afternoon. You know, now this. I'm starting to take this personally. You know, I was, <laughs> I mean, all these years later, and now the ash from Mount St. Helens. You have to understand, Tico, Washington is on the other side of the Cascade Mountain Range. And, you know, <laughs> it traveled all the way. We were buried in ash. It was like snow, only it wasn't cold. And it was the, this was the year I graduated. I knew that <laughs> this, this was a sign. <laughs> Well, anyway, not to make light of the seriousness of this. Again, I would um, really encourage you to uh, pray, especially for our neighbors on the Big Island. Let me uh, bring this uh, to a close. I would suggest that what we're seeing now, we were told would begin to happen. We're seeing now that which will ultimately happen in the seven-year tribulation begin to happen now prior to the tribulation. So wouldn't it stand to reason that if we're seeing things that are ultimately going to be fulfilled in the seven-year tribulation beginning to happen now, close to home, wouldn't it stand to reason that, like Jesus said, we should look up and lift up our heads, knowing that our redemption draws nigh. And this is just one prophecy puzzle piece, as it were. Again, when you factor in and consider everything else that is taking place in concert with this, pretty compelling. I think that this should cause every single one of us to consider what all of this means to us while there's still time to respond. The time is at hand, and if you've never called upon the name of the Lord, I would implore you to do so 
today as we talked about in our study in the book of Ephesians. And for those of you watching online, I would encourage you to watch the uh, Ephesians video about doubting one's salvation. I want to share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, the apostle, this is how to be saved. This is how to be saved. By the way, let me, let me just share by way of a personal testimony that nine months before I was born again, I actually see it as that gestation period when the conception of God's seed was met with the fertility of my heart. And I began pondering these things. I actually found in a public restroom a gospel tract titled How to Be Saved. And of all the passages from the Bible that was in this gospel tract, it was the uh, passage we read in Galatians 5, which again is in our uh, Ephesians video, uh, Doubting One's Salvation, for those of you online. Um, and when I, when I read that, I, I kept that tract and I thought, wow. I'm not going to inherit the kingdom of God because I practice all of these things. And then it took you from there to here's how you can be saved. Here's how you can know that you can enter the kingdom of God. And that's what I want to share with you today. If it just give me a couple of minutes. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4, defines what the gospel is. He says it's of first importance. It's the most important. It's that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was resurrected from the dead on the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel, also known as the good news. The word gospel means good news. Your debt has been paid. You are free. You have been set free. Now, what do you do? How do you respond? Someone has paid your debt. What debt? Oh, the death penalty. I've been sentenced to death. Yeah. As we're going to see in a moment, that's the wages of sin. It's the death penalty. This is the ABCs of salvation. How to be saved. It is childlike simple. We come to Christ as a child. The A is for admit that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Acknowledge your sin. Romans 3.10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. We were all born sinners which again is why we must be born again. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 sort of packages the bad news first with the good news. And here's the bad news, and this is the death penalty. For the wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. We're all under that death penalty, but, and here's the good news, here's the gospel. The gift of God, free to us, paid for in full by Him, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. 
believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then lastly, the C is for call upon the name of the Lord. Or if you prefer, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what Romans 10, 9, and 10 also says. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Uh, you'll forgive me for the um, bluntness with which I say this. But every single one of us here today will confess one day that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So can I say it this way? More bad I do it now. Is that bad? Romans ten thirteen says, All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Notice the all, all have sinned and fallen short. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Loving Heavenly Father, it's very clear to us that what you told us in your word would happen at the time of the end is beginning to happen right before our very eyes. And Lord, we're so thankful to you that in your word, you do tell us what's going to happen before it happens, so that when we begin to see it happen, non-believers will believe and believers will look up and lift up their heads, knowing that our redemption draws nigh. Lord, I pray for anyone here today, just in the quietness of this moment, and please, I just would ask that you give me just another one minute, that's all. You might be standing here, you might be watching online, and I just want to give you one last opportunity to do something about what you just heard spoken from this pulpit today. I want to give you an opportunity to respond, to open up that door because the Lord's been knocking on it. And there will come a day well, where that knock will stop and the Spirit of God will, will cease striving with man. There is a, 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 such a thing as too late. And I pray that if you're watching this or you're here today in this church, that you would respond today to the call of the Savior and that you would call upon the name of Jesus, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, 
and be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.